0: Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Matthew Gavidia, Associate Editor of AJMC.com, the website of the American Journal of Managed Care. You've heard of biosimilars, but have you heard of biosimilar whiskey? On this episode of Managed Carecast, we bring you an excerpt of an interview I did earlier this year with Dr. Safaraz Niazzi. An adjunct professor of biopharmaceutical sciences at the university of illinois and the university of houston and a member of the advisory board of the center for biosimilars a sister site to ajmc a long time whiskey fan dr Niyazi decided to see if he could bring his knowledge of the biosimilar manufacturing process to whiskey and bypass the aging process obviously we were intrigued why did he choose whiskey over other alcohols how does the taste compare did he lower the cost of production Find out by listening to the interview here, and you could also watch the full interview by visiting the After Hours section of www.medicworldnews.com or see the link in the show notes. In addition to being a leader in the biosimilar pharma space, you recently created a truly novel process that provides your own spin on the biosimilar approach of therapeutic drugs to that of whiskey. Can you first describe your interest in whiskey and spirits overall? Are there any specific alcohols you would consider as favorite of yours?
1: Okay, so this is a very um, interesting question because I can talk about it all day long. So first of all, uh, we need to understand a little bit about the history Every technology, where it come from, where did the whiskey come from, uh, we're talking about thousands of years ago when we learned by accident that we can produce alcohol uh, if we drop some yeast in, uh, in a uh, in, in a juice, okay, particularly the grape juice. So it was all accidental. There was nothing there. That was the that was a wine part of it. 7,000 years ago in Shiraz, Iran, that's where it all started. But, you know, uh, alcohol was um, produced uh, and then shipped out to other countries. I'm talking about hundreds and thousands of years ago, when the only means of shipment was they have small boats that will carry this all the way to the destination. It might take months to get there. But one of the problems they faced was how do we carry the alcohol? There were no cranes, there were no mechanical devices. Two people have to just lift it. And then some smart guys said, you know, why don't we just put it in a container that is shaped like a barrel so we can roll it down? That's how the barrel was invented. Okay, there was no other reason. Okay? And then when they were making it, uh, they found that. They tried many different woods. Uh, At that time, we didn't have the metallurgy as well developed. And they found the only wood that had a tight enough grain so the alcohol would not evaporate was oak wood. So today we uh, see aging, quote-unquote, in oak barrels. It was all accidental. Oak was the only wood that would not let A lot of alcohol evaporate. Now what happens within the story, so they made the barrel, they will roll it down on the ship and so on and so forth. After four, six months when they reached the destination, they found that their white alcohol that they have fermented now has picked up a color and everybody liked it. It was not designed to be like that, it just happened to be what you call extract of the wood from the barrel. Now, because it, you have to have a wood which is very tight grain, we would limit it to oak. That's what everybody does today. But there are 10 other kinds of woods that also have thousands of chemicals in there. The wood is filled with different chemicals. You name it and they have it. Which never was tried out. So my first thinking was that uh, the word aging that we use, let me rephrase it okay. Basically, what you're doing, you know, I mean there's nothing living there, so it cannot age, is that we're allowing enough time of contact with wood so that the alcohol can extract from the wood many of the chemicals which are found in the wood that improves the taste of alcohol. And I think that's where. The aging process and the whiskey industry began working. One thing they could not do, and still they couldn't do today, is try it with the different woods, because you cannot make a barrel for aging. So when I was developing my biosimilars uh, in Chicago, um, we, we developed uh, several uh, downstream processes where we will uh, take the um, our. Uh, liquids and pass through columns to capture proteins and so on and so forth. And at that point, I thought that, um, what is it that uh, involved in aging? So I I developed a new process for which I have three US patents also. Um, Is that, what about if instead of putting alcohol in a barrel, I put barrel in the alcohol. That worked out fine. Now I'm able to put any kind of wood. I take the wood, whether it's a charred wood, or new wood, or French oak, or American oak, you name it, okay? And I grind it to a very fine particle size, about 100 micron or so, and I pack a chromatography column. Now, uh, it's not simple as that, okay, because uh, to make sure it doesn't um, block, okay, there's a lot of design elements in there. But the basic element is I'm passing the alcohol through a column, a chromatography column at a very high temperature, almost close to its boiling point. And in that cycle, it picks up all the wood it can that might take 10, 20 years to extract. Uh, Extraction is very simple, very simple. It's a a process uh, determined by the fixed law of diffusion. Your surface area involved and the partition coefficient, those are the two things. So we are, we were able to uh, quote-unquote age a new or fresh alcohol in a very short time. All you need to do is just to plug it in, and in about an hour's time, okay, you have everything you could possibly get in 10 years or 20 years, leaving it in the barrel. And then we will let it sit for a while, let it cool down on its own, because it's not only the chemicals coming out of wood, but how they interact and react, so we let it happen overnight, and uh, within twenty four hours, okay, we have a whiskey, which I'm proud to say, you know, we can match with <clears throat> one of the best whiskeys that are available on the market. So that was the basic idea of uh, developing um, a product, okay, uh, around uh, same principles that we use to manufacture biological drugs. Long introduction, sorry about that.
0: And, and uh, going into that process you mentioned, was there anything specific about whiskey in particular that led you to choose this type of alcohol for your biosimilar process?
1: Very good, very good. You know, whiskey is, um, uh, is one of the most popular uh, uh, drinks. I tried it with, uh, also with uh, uh, rum and tequila and wine. And it works everywhere. But uh, whiskey is the only genre where aging or long storage is a, is a matter of importance. Tequila, there's no aging there. Rum is no aging there. I mean, they don't really care okay, whether it's aged or not. It has a different purpose of okay? it. So I I concentrated on whiskey because there are so many whiskeys available today, very high-end whiskeys. Okay? I, I think a good whiskey. Uh, somebody was making fun of me. They said, "Just like you make biosimilars um, affordable to all, you're also making good whiskeys affordable to all." Okay. and I think uh, I, I like uh, uh, the whiskey because it's a. It has a flavor, taste, aroma, which is unparalleled, because it all depends on your type of alcohol you start with. Okay. For example, I make bourbon, and for bourbon, I start with minimum 51% corn as a mash bill, and then we follow all the legal definitions of bourbon. So second thing is that, uh, Matthew, that um, even though I have a lot of uh, technical uh, testing equipment, GC, Mass Spectra, NMR, you know, but none of them are as important as somebody is sitting down and tasting it and telling me, I think it's pretty good, okay. So whiskey is, uh, uh, is more, uh, let's put this a uh, more romantic, more complex, one of the most complex drink that's out there is whiskey okay, compared to all of the drinks. Maybe wines, yes, uh, but um, for hard liquors, okay, this is the best choice.
0: The BioBetter whiskey moniker you've coined stresses the maintained quality achieved at a fraction of the cost of some of the world's most popular whiskeys. Which specific whiskeys did you replicate through your process, and how did they stack up to the reference versions among knowledgeable whiskey drinkers known as sommeliers?
1: Very good. So first of all, um, let me uh, uh, say that because the process I have uh, can be customized to produce, copy any whiskey. It is very much similar, very much similar, Matthew, to what we do and did in the case of biosimilars. Right? Because I can do a fingerprinting of a whiskey, which includes a gas chromatography. I know what are the components there. And then I can alter the conditions, which include temperature, which include light exposure, and shaking, To bring back it as close as possible, but surprisingly, okay, I think in our testing we found that um, this objective testing, uh, analytical testing, does not really hold very well. Some of our whiskies were uh, liked very much, despite the fact that didn't match the uh, the uh, the design or the fingerprint of some of the larger uh, non-whiskies. So. The goal is to create as quickly as possible. So in this process, there is no barrels involved. You bring in a vat, a tote with a thousand gallons in it. You pass it through the columns. It goes back to the tote, and from the tote it goes back to the bottles. So we have reduced the cost of entire processing to I think is less than fifty cents a bottle. when you store the bottle for 20 years, you lose about 30% of alcohol. The storage cost, processing cost is into many, many dollars. Okay, So we can produce a whiskey, which is definitely drinkable and definitely desirable. Okay, At about one-tenth the cost it will have if I were to compare this with a whiskey that is aged in a traditional way.
0: And access to certain types of whiskeys uh, that can go upwards of thousands of dollars would also be elevated through this process. If you could recommend any specific whiskeys that someone should try through your cost-effective process, which would you choose? So uh, I think uh, one of the uniqueness about uh,
1: bourbon is that the uh, bourbon is, uh, has to to be called bourbon. It has to meet three requirements. Number one, the mash bill should be more than 51% corn. Which is no issue. Uh, second thing is that uh, it uh, must be in contact, quote unquote, contact with the uh, new charred oak. That is the definition of the uh, U.S. government definition of what you can call bourbon. And the third thing is, of course, made in USA. Okay, not in Kentucky. There some people think you know, bourbon is gotta be made. No, could be made anywhere. So we met all the conditions. You met the condition of contact by buying the alcohol. We get it from a company in Indiana, a very large company. Uh, And we asked them to ship us in a barrel, new oak barrel. So you met the requirement of a charred oak barrel contact. And then we go ahead and make this bourbon. I think it came out uh, so good compared to many other bourbons. And being a quote unquote the only uh, whiskey, you know, there has to be American whiskey. Uh, I think our our bourbon has met all the requirements of one of the finest whiskies that we can make. Um, I think you you named uh, Elijah Knob Creek. I think uh, our taste is no less than any of the uh, leaders uh, in the uh, bourbon market.
0: And do you think, uh, you know, following these positive uh, findings that you've mentioned, do you think uh, this process could have a, f- a potential future in a massive industry like that of alcohol, which even trumps the pharmaceutical industry?
1: Very good. You know what, when you bring a new technology, this was not my field, okay? I'm into biotech, pharmaceuticals and drugs, but it fascinated me that why are we calling aging, okay? Molecules don't have a soul, okay? So we have to do something with it, okay? In my opinion, um, uh, most of the industry f- likes to follow tradition. And I gave you. And let me just uh, distract slightly. My products, biologicals, are uh, produced in a single-use or uh, disposable containers. Okay, no other big company does it. Okay, because they're so used to hard, wall stainless steel piping. Okay. Um, I had a meeting with one of the largest companies, and uh, one of the comments there was, you know, whiskey is good, okay, but uh, we need to put an age on it to get the dollars we uh, hope to get. I said, you know, that is true, okay, that is true. But the point is uh, who decided that the number of years is what makes the whiskey different? There are still people, Matthew, who would, not drink. For example, uh, Johnny Walker, the lowest uh, one is a red label, very harsh. Most people just want red label. Okay. So I think the taste is something that is so much acquired. Okay. So in my opinion, okay, this could be one of the largest breakthroughs in the industry. Uh, you reduce the cost significantly. Uh, it will allow new companies to jump in, okay, in the bandwagon. You don't have to uh, ferment, okay, those white alcohol is available at a very low cost. Some, some um, uh, uh, MGP is one company in uh, Indiana that produces millions of gallons, okay, you could buy for almost pennies. Okay. It's how you process it and package it is what makes the value. So, yes, I think we can literally transform the industry uh, if they are ready to think that there's a time for a paradigm shift, okay. Uh, this age concept has to go away somehow. I always tell when I bring in the sommelier, I say, I'm not gonna tell you which is which, okay? Just tell me how good these 10 whiskeys are. And we find that, um, so I always say that the second time buyer is your whiskey buyer, okay? Uh, I think anyone who tastes this whiskey would not have any hesitation coming back and say, oh, I like it. I don't care about the number of years on it.
0: For all of us at AJMC, thanks for listening. To learn more about these issues, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at ajmc_journal. journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.